0: today is Pentecost Sunday a day that we celebrate we celebrate the great gift of the Holy Spirit given to us as the people of God this morning not only are we concluding our sermon series on the resurrection life but in many ways we are starting a new sermon series this summer on the extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit through the ordinary means of grace If you've ever wondered what does it mean to authentically live the Christian life, God has given us everyday practices to experience his transforming presence. He's given us his word. He's given us the church, his people. He's given us the sacraments, corporate worship. He's given us prayer. And so we'll see how God is working through these ordinary means to do extraordinary things. the power of the Holy Spirit this morning we celebrate the gift of that spirit so I invite you now to stand for reading of God's Word this morning Mark will be preaching from Acts chapter 2 I'll begin reading of verse 1 when the day of Pentecost arrived they were all together in one place Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
1: Father in heaven, what a scene. Your spirit being poured out, languages being spoken and heard, different tongues, different races, different peoples, hearing the good news of the life and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. And on that day, that day of Pentecost, thousands were added to the one true body of Christ. That same body that all who are in Christ today are part of. Oh Lord, thank you for making us one with you, part of that one body with different gifts and abilities, different stories and passions, different limitations, but one in Christ. And Lord, as we open your word, we pray that you would feed us, that you would remove all things that are distracting us, small and large, whether we are here or at home, that we would hear your word and we would sense what you've said about it, that it is alive and active and that even this day we would be changed, transformed by the wonderful presence of the promised Holy Spirit who alone has the power to change any of us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I just want to take this in. For a moment for the last many weeks paul or myself have stood here in this pulpit preaching to thousands of people but not here and there will be a day when that looks more normal until then we're going to continue to listen to the lord and open as he calls us to open We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said so. And one of the most, I think, shocking statements in all of the Bible, Jesus tells his disciples in the book of John that it is better for you that I go. John 16, Jesus says this, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Remember, they were walking with the only perfect human being who had ever lived. Never a wrong thought, never a wrong action, never an inappropriate joke, never an inappropriate anything. And now this one true man and true God has told them I'm leaving. And of course, sorrow filled their heart. They were confused. They didn't understand all that was happening. And what they had imagined Jesus would do wasn't the same vision Jesus had. Nevertheless, Jesus speaks these words. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, capital H, meaning the Holy Spirit, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I mean, you have to think, they're thinking there's no way it could be better for us if you would go away. We, we saw you feed 5,000. We saw you raise Lazarus from the dead. We saw you walk on water. We saw you cast out demons. We, we saw you show compassion to people that the rest of the world rejected. You touched a leper and the leprosy was gone. How could it be better? But Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He could only speak the truth. It is better for you, it is to your advantage, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. We need the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus continues, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, the helper, the one that is to whom they are advantaged because he is going to come as Jesus leaves, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. We need the Holy Spirit. John's gospel is where I was reading. And John records that conversation that Jesus had with the disciples. And he tells us that the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to illuminate, he's going to convict, and he's going to guide. I want you to remember those words. The helper helps us by illuminating, by convicting, and by guiding. None of you are here today or are watching online. If you're truly in Christ, none of you are here except that the helper did that work. He illuminated your heart and mind, your eyes and your ears. He convicted you of the truth of sin in all of us and convinced you of the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And now he's guiding you. On Pentecost, back to Acts 2, the disciples are obediently waiting. They have seen Jesus, their friend, their Savior the one true God, ascend. Imagine that scene. There he goes. And they watch. And how long did it take? I don't know. I can't imagine it was like the rocket we watched yesterday. But how long did they stay staring into the sky? It really happened. And Jesus told them to wait. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's important. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You are a believer in Christ because that mission is being fulfilled. We're part of the ends of the earth. They're waiting on Jesus to return They don't know when he's gonna return. But in the meantime, they're waiting on the spirit that's promised to come. Jesus told them the spirit would come. So they're gathered together as one. They're gathered together in one place when suddenly there is that rushing wind. Suddenly there is that powerful presence of the Holy Spirit where now these men begin to speak in tongues that are not their own language. And those from other tribes, other tongues, other races, hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And Peter, knowing that some are mocking them and saying that they're drunk, even though it's early in the morning, stands up to preach his first sermon, which I will preach from next Sunday. And 3,000 were added to their number that day. One of the things that's easy to miss, though it's very clear in what happens at Pentecost, is this truth that they became one church. I say it all the time, or I ask it all the time. How many churches are in Dallas? And how many churches are in Texas? and in this nation and in the world. And by now, if you've been here long enough, you know the answer, there's one. But what I don't want you to miss is that I'm not trying to be clever. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm telling you the truth, that you and I and him are part of one body that includes many different tongues many different colors of skin many different personalities many different circumstances many different preferences but we're part of only one body and that's what's happening at pentecost it's spreading as Jesus said it would. This outpouring of the Spirit and the presence of those who who weren't ready or able even to hear the gospel in their language, hear it suddenly, miraculously, and many believe. That picture and that truth of us being one body continues to flow through the book of Acts and all of God's scripture. And it's very powerful And one of the reasons it's very powerful and so important is because of how our enemy, Satan, seeks to divide. And he's good at it. What we are witnessing on TV and what we're witnessing live, it's not new. It's horrific, and it's always been horrific. It's raw and it's always been raw because this is a dangerous world. And ever since the original man and the original woman disobeyed the word of God and did what he said not to do, the world has been far more dangerous than we believe. Immediately, their eyes were opened. Immediately, Adam and Eve realized they were naked and they hid. There was a division between them and God. They hid. They hid in fear. They didn't even know fear. They hid in shame. They hadn't known shame. They hid from God. That division that divide they hid from one another ashamed of their nakedness and they tried to cover themselves with masks to cover where are you God speaks their first two children come on the scene one murders the other the divisions that existed continue to unfold throughout the pages of Scripture jacob and esau multiple wives david and his brothers david and king saul judas abandoning and rejecting and turning jesus in and it continues to go division everywhere as a result of the fall and it's not just what we witness on the outside, it's in us, as Paul has so well said this morning in our prayers. We, as the church, are divided. We're divided in our preferences for song choice. That splits churches. We're divided on so many things, like how you discipline your children, and whether they should be in a public school or a private school. We're divided on so many things. And the reason is because it's part of the fall. And some of the things that we're divided on are really, really small. But some of them are really, really big. And as a people, walking through a season that we have not known during this pandemic. Who do we listen to? Who's right? Should we gather? Should we not? So many opportunities for division of God's one body. And you as a member of that body and me as a member of that body, have a substantial part to play. Who are you listening to? We need the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, one of our members sent me a tweet from Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy was a long time NFL coach, African American. Now he's an NFL analyst but none of that matters because his primary identity is a beloved son of the living God. None of the rest matters. Those are all secondary identities. I want you to hear what he wrote, what he tweeted. America is in a very sad place today. We have seen a man die senselessly at the hands of the very people who are supposed to be protecting our citizens. We've seen people protest this death by destroying the property and dreams of people in their own community, the very people they are protesting for. We have many people pointing fingers of blame, painting the opposite side with a broad brush. We have anger and bitterness winning out over logic and reason. We have distrust and prejudice winning out over love and respect. What happened to George Floyd was inexcusable and it should never happen. That's true. Absolutely. It's sickening, heart-wrenching, evil. Justice needs to be served. But in seeking justice, we can't fall into the trap of prejudging every police officer we see. What started out as peaceful protests have devolved into arson and looting, and that should never happen either. Yes, there should be protest, but we do not have license to perform criminal acts because we're angry. Today, we are a divided country. We're divided racially, politically, and socioeconomically. And Satan is laughing at us because that is exactly what he wants. Dysfunction, mistrust, and hatred help his kingdom flourish. Until that last sentence, anybody could have wrote that and read this and thought, yes, that's, that's true, whether you line up this side or this side, whatever. But now Mr. Dungy moves to a place where he begins to identify what's behind the veil, what's deeper than what we see, what's deeper inside us. He then says, well, what is the answer? And he gives this one final paragraph. And I want you to really listen. We need the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the answer then? I believe it has to start with those of us who claim to be Christians. We have to come to the forefront and demonstrate the qualities of the one we claim to follow, Jesus Christ. So you need to know the qualities of that man, the radical way in which he lived against injustice, against racism, against all evil we have come to the we must come to the forefront and demonstrate the qualities of the one we claim to follow Jesus Christ we can't be silent as dr king said many years ago injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere but we can't go forward with judgmental bitter spirits we need to be proactive but do it in the spirit of trying to help make things better. And it can't be just the African-American churches. It has to be all churches taking a stand and saying, we are going to be on the forefront of meaningful dialogue and meaningful change. We have to be willing to speak the truth and love, but we have to recognize that we're not fighting against other people. We are fighting against Satan and his kingdom of spiritual darkness and he's right the enemy is real he's roaming and he seeks to devour and one of the ways he seeks to devour is by creating divisions divisions even in this one body called the church and here's one of the subtle but serious ways he does it As a member of that one body, the body of Christ, made up of many different tribes and tongues and races, all made up of sinners saved by God's grace, all who are in that one body only have one primary identity the beloved daughters and the beloved sons of the living God. Any time we seek to put a secondary identity before the primary identity as an adjective or a descriptor, we're falling into the ploy of the evil one who comes to divide that one body. And many of those secondary identities, friends, are not evil in and of themselves, but often start out as good things. But you are not primarily a white Christian. You are not primarily an African-American Christian. You are not a Texan, American, Republican, or Democratic Christian. You're part of one body where you have one primary identity and that primary identity is a beloved daughter and a beloved son of the living God who has done everything necessary to make you part of that body. And being part of that body and that identity is what will last for all eternity we put so many descriptors before that so many secondary identities we actually can do it even with our pain or with our passion or with our spiritual gifts and so that when a secondary identity that's born out of a passion for or against injustice of any form racism trafficking inequality, whatever it might be. If that secondary identity begins to speak first, even into your primary identity, you will begin to do something horrific. You will begin to dim and to damage and destroy the witness of your primary identity. It can't be. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he illuminates like he's doing right now. And he convicts by grace and for the glory of God showing us our sin. And he guides us So I wanna give you a very practical application before we stand and sing. We need the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your heart and mine regarding any sin. Search me, O God. David's prayer, the Holy Spirit is in you. Ask him to search you and reveal in you any sin, any patterns of temptation, any wrong thinking, any areas of your life where you have moved the secondary identity before your primary, where your secondary identity of any affiliation other than being one in Christ, speaks first. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you if in you there is any racism, if in you there is any injustice, if in you there has been a misuse of power, ask the Holy Spirit to open up your heart and mind to all that He wants to reveal. Now then, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. The church should never be silent on issues that mattered to Jesus. But when we speak, we must speak from the posture of our primary identity and act the way Jesus did in truth and love. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you Ask him to guide you to deeper prayer. And the reason why I say that is because Tony Dungy is right. This is evil and it's deep. It's existed since the fall and it will be present until Christ's return. But between now and then, for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we need to pray against that evil. But as the Holy Spirit illuminates and convicts, ask him to guide you as you pray. Where do you want me to enter in? And it starts with relationships. The rallies are gonna stop. They're going to die down until there's another reason people feel the need to rally and that too will come. But relationships don't have to end. If you have relationships with members of the African-American community Reach out to them. Listen to them. Show compassion and show love. If something they say offends you, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Before you speak, make sure it's not some secondary identity that is making the noise that's not being informed by your primary identity. Friends, it's deep in all of us. Listen, love, and learn. I'm in relationship with Vincent Parker, you know him, and Brian Carter, the pastor of Concord Baptist, big church over in Oak Cliff, and Jeff Warren, Park City's Baptist pastor. We've been in a lot of communication these days. Clergy in Dallas will be gathering at five o'clock this afternoon at the police headquarters to pray. Pray for us. We're praying because it's satanic. We're praying because it's evil. We're praying because God has power. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to guide you in relationships that you would listen and love and learn but also to guide you regarding the places where the Lord has put you, where you have position and you have a platform and you have some God-given power to speak against racism, injustice, greed, and all other sorts of evil. Where he has placed you, ask him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? To whom should I speak? Whether it's on a board or part of an organization you are a participant in, ask him. And as a believer, anytime you see evil, anytime you see injustice, anytime you see racism, Ask the Lord to give you the courage and the wisdom to speak from that primary identity, what he would call you to say. If you hear a racist joke as a Christian, you should never laugh. Never! And you should never remain silent. It's wrong. And God Almighty, I repent from the many times I laughed And many times, I remain silent. It's wrong. It grieves our Lord and Savior Jesus. Be bold, sisters. Be bold, brothers, in the name of Christ. Speak as he leads you to speak. Lastly, ask the Holy Spirit to give you faith and hope because the spirit of God is God. He's been there from the beginning. The spirit of God poured out at Pentecost in that miraculous, extraordinary moment is the same Holy Spirit's voice that you heard when somebody told you, You're a sinner. You felt conviction. When somebody told you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only one who can forgive, your heart was illuminated. He's the one living in you now, who's keeping your inheritance for you, who's leading you, who's guiding you, who will never forsake you. So as this one church lives out who we are in Christ from our primary identity, it won't be dimmed. It won't be damaged. It won't be destroyed because the enemy we're fighting is not more powerful than his enemy that is living within us. That primary identity must never have a secondary identity get in the way or get in front. You, dear friends in Christ, are the beloved daughters and beloved sons of the living God. Hallelujah indeed.